I love it when the doxology is on the docket. Because, uh, man, you know that word, amen, is such a great, so be it. So when you say, praise God from whom all blessings flow, and you've just got this thing inside of you says, I'm, I'm joining with all of creation. I'm letting him know he's great. And then you punctuate it with that fantastic Hebrew word, so be it. It's just, man, that's why I had... I don't know if you were at home. If you, you probably should stand. I, I think you might sin if you don't stand during that song. So make that right. All right, if you haven't already, open up to Nehemiah chapter 6. It must be the greatest hindrance to a strong finish. Distractions. Okay. Master Sergeant Patrick Hathaway's squad leader decided to try to bake to to break the base record for 424 push-ups in one setting with their physical trainer instructor standing over him this squad leader knocked out 100 quick ones before he settled into a steady rhythm those present were sure he would break the record but at 390 he paused at the top began to shake his head from side to side before slowly continuing. After finishing his 402nd push-up, he paused again, shook his head, coughed, <coughs> and collapsed. And as the men walked back to their barracks, their instructor cracked a rare smile and said, you got to give that guy credit. If he'd have just been able to shake that wasp away from his face instead of inhaling it, he'd have broke the record. It must be the greatest hindrance to a strong finish. Distractions. Well, Nehemiah has been dealing with more than he anticipated, no doubt. Distractions from outside the ranks, that's chapter 4. Distraction from within the ranks, that's chapter 5. And now in chapter 6, where you've opened either your phones or your Bible, it shows us how to finish strong in spite of our distractions. So let's pick up the story in verse 1, chapter 6. When Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no more breaks in it, even though I had not yet installed the gates. Samballot and Geshem sent this message. Come and meet with us at Kephirim in the Valley of Ono. I knew they were scheming to hurt me, so I sent messengers back with this. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. Why should the work come to a standstill just so I can come down to see you? Four times they sent this message, and four times I gave them my answer. You guys, we can almost hear Nehemiah whispering to us from some 2,500 years ago when this document was, when it was pointing back to. And what he says, yield not to oppositional distractions. Stay the course. Stay the course. Now, Nehemiah knew God had called him to rebuild that wall. Okay, what has God called us to do? Collectively, individually, what has he called us 
to rebuild. Now, after two years of global pandemic, after two years of learning virtual and, and, and doing all communication virtually, after two years of a worldwide call to lead a more secluded life, what has God called you to start rebuilding? What does he want to what does he want you to stay the course on and not be distracted in? Have you got have you got something in mind? Is something right now, or do you need to have more time? Okay, I'll come back to it. If you need a little more time, I'll come back to it. All right, arguably our finest president was good old Abe. He knew God had called him to unite a divided nation. And perhaps no president has faced more distractions in his presidency than what he faced. Look at what, what, what he once said about distractions. Look, if I were to try to read, much less answer, all the attacks made on me, this shop might as well be closed for any other business. I do the very best I know how, the very best I can, and I mean to keep doing so until the end. If the end brings me out all right, what's said against me won't amount to anything. If the end brings me out wrong, ten angels swearing I was right would make no difference. To try to answer all of the attacks that the enemy is trying to distract us with would not only be exhausting, it would also seriously infringe on our effects to stay the course. Nehemiah's response, short, succinct, clear, to the point. It should be memorized. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. Y'all say it with me. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. To try to finish strong, we've got to stay the course and yield not to distractions. All right, let's pick up the next part of the story, verse 5. The fifth time, same messenger, same message. Sam Ballot sent an unsealed letter with this message. You know why it was unsealed? Because he was hoping people would read it all along the way. You know what that is a definition of? Gossip. That's why you have an unsealed letter. Nobody will know it's unsealed. That's why it was unsealed. I was like, here we go. The word is out, he writes. The word is out among the nations. And Geshem says it's true. Oh, well, if Geshem says it's true, well, that you and the Jews are planning to rebel. That's why you are rebuilding the wall. The word is that you want to be king and that you have appointed prophets to announce in Jerusalem there's a king in Judah. The king is going to be told all this. Don't you think we should sit down and have a talk? Nehemiah's response, I sent him back this. There's nothing to what you're saying. You've made it all up. They were trying to intimidate us into quitting. They thought they'll give up. They'll never finish it. I prayed, give me strength. Nehemiah says to finish strong, we stay the course and we stand for truth. Nehemiah had absolutely no intention of becoming Judas king. Nehemiah had no intention of challenging the king of Persia, Artaxerxes. The truth that Nehemiah stood on is that God told him to go back and rebuild those walls. Nothing more. There's a great story about Yogi Berra, the popular catcher for the New York Yankees, and Hank Aaron, who at that time was the power hitter for 
the Milwaukee Braves before they moved to Atlanta. They were in the series together, Milwaukee and New York. The teams were facing each other, and Yogi had this reputation that he had this ceaseless chatter to try to distract the batters. And so the brave batters were coming up, and, and Yogi was doing his thing. Well, Hank took the plate, and Yogi started in on Hank Aaron. And Yogi said, Henry, you're holding the back wrong. You're supposed to hold it so you can read the trademark. You got to read the trademark. Hank Aaron didn't say a thing. But the next pitch, he clocked that thing into the left bleachers for a home run. So Aaron went around first and second, third, and as he came home, just as he touched the plate, he looked at Yogi and he said, I didn't come up here to read. <laughs> he knew what truth he stood for. The truth he stood for was, I came here to hit. I came here to hit. A big part of finishing strong is prioritizing whatever truth God has called us to stand in. I'm going to say it again. Collectively and individually. What truth has God called, called you to prioritize? You see, if you're going to stand in the truth, it has to be a priority. In her book, A Practical Guide to Prayer, Dorothy Haskins tells about a noted concert violinist who was asked, what's the secret of your success to mastering your instrument? Look at her response. She said, there are many things that used to demand my time. When I went to my room after breakfast, I made my bed, straightened the room, dusted, <laughs> did whatever seemed necessary. When I finished my work, I turned to my violin practice. That system prevented me from accomplishing what I should on the violin. So I reversed things. I deliberately planned to neglect everything else until my practice period was complete. And that program of planned neglect is the secret to my success. She stood on the truth of prioritizing her call. Nehemiah gave a quick, truthful answer to his critics and then moved on. There's nothing to what you're saying. It's all in your head. This open letter that you've sent, you made the whole thing up. And then he said, God, give me strength, and he finished the wall. Notice verse 10. Then I met secretly with Shemaiah at his house. He said, let's meet at the house of God inside the temple. Let's find safety behind Locked doors because they're coming to kill you. Yes, coming by night to kill you. So Nehemiah says, why would a man like me run for cover? And why would a man like me use the temple as a hideout? I won't do it. I sensed that God, had sent, I sensed that God hadn't sent this man. So the so-called prophecy he spoke to me was the work of Tobiah and Sabalat. They had hired him. He had been hired to scare me off, trick me, a layman, into desecrating the temple and ruining my good reputation so they could accuse me. You guys, there is a common ploy that each one of us will face from the enemy. And that is to tempt us to try to find refuge in disobedience. Let me explain. God had very specific rules, especially when it came to his temple. Certain places were designated for certain people at certain times, and that's the way it was. It was his temple. Nehemiah saw right through the temptation from this Shemaiah 
Shemaiah was trying to get Nehemiah to circumvent God's design all in the name of protection. But Nehemiah knew that to finish strong, refuge is never found in disobedience. Shelter is found in obedience. That's where it's safe. Ultimate safety is always found in God and in his ways. That's what the psalmist said, chapter 46, verse 1. He is our refuge and strength, our ever-present help in times of trouble. There is no shelter to be found outside of God's design. So when you are tempted to go outside of his plan, his principle, his truth, just realize you're taking yourself out from under his protection. To reject God's ways is to expose our own deception. F.E. Smith, some of you may recognize that, especially some of you who have studied law. And he was a clever lawyer with a quick wit. He actually sh- served as the British uh, Attorney General all the way back in 1915 to 1919. Well, later on in his career, he was very famous, and he was cross-examining a young man who had claimed damages for an arm injury. The young man said that it was caused at the negligence of some bus driver. So F.E. Smith had the man on the stand, and he said, will you please show us how high you can lift your arm now after the accident? And that man gently raised his arm up to shoulder length. Attorney F.E. Smith said, thank you, thank you. And he said, now, would you tell people how you could lift it, how, you, how high you could lift it before the accident? And that boy, he just shot it right out. <laughs> Needless to say, he, he didn't win his case. His rejection to stand on honesty exposed his own deception. By Nehemiah choosing to follow the Lord's rules about the temple, the deception of the enemy was exposed. Nehemiah knew that there is no shelter to be found outside of obedience. And then look how this chapter ends. The wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul. It had taken 52 days. When all our enemies heard the news and all the surrounding nations saw it, our enemies totally lost their nerve. They knew that God was behind the work. Well, the task was completed, so God's will was done. The enemies were weakened. God's foes were defeated, and God was glorified. He alone, everyone knew, was the one responsible for their great success. Nehemiah's plan to finish strong, stay the course, stand for truth, Shelter and obedience. Now, you guys, all of these these principles have their power because Nehemiah knew what God wanted him to do. Each of us must answer this. I'm going to say it for the third time. Collectively and individually. What does God want us to rebuild? Is it debt he wants us to pay off? Is it some goal he wants us to reach? Some project he wants us to finish? Maybe a habit to break? Maybe it's a relationship to restore? What has God distracted? What has, rather, what has us distracted from what God has called? 
us to. Now, let me tell you about somebody who lived above distraction. He was a missionary years ago in China. And his abilities were so outstanding that an American company wanted to hire him. And they offered him an attractive salary with a, an attractive job, rather, with a salary to match. But he turned them down. He told them that God had sent him to China to serve as a missionary. Well, thinking that would end the distraction, he was surprised to see that this American company came back, offered him even more money. To which he said, no, no, that's not why I'm here. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. The company came back again and doubled their financial package that they offered to begin with. Finally, this missionary to China realized he wasn't getting through. So he gave them this quote. He said, it's not your salary that's too little. It's the job that's too small. You see, once we begin living, knowing where God wants us to join him, nothing else on earth will do. Amen. The old hymn was right. I grew up singing this. I can hear my grandmother. Earth holds no treasures, but perish with using, however precious they be. Yet there's a country to which I'm going. Heaven holds all to me. You guys, when the enemy comes in with his distractions, you speak in the name of Jesus and you let Jesus let the devil know. Not today. Not today. Father, I think you continually redirect our life. Not just because we misstep, but because you're leading us into something that you want accomplished. And joining you in your purposes, joining you at your calling, whatever it is, is our greatest privilege. Make us live more distraction-free in following your call. Hear our hearts, Father. We sing to you in Jesus' name. Amen.